This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, November 2nd, 2014. Joy in suffering. I know whatever you do, you do because you love me. Do you think you could just love me a little bit less? Suffering. Suffering isn't much fun, even when we're suffering for God. Today we're going to look at that as we begin a four-week series focused on the book of Philippians in the New Testament today, Joy and Suffering. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for today, a day you've made, a day where it's no accident that we're here to learn about you. Open up our hearts that we might hear your word found in this kind of tough scripture and help us understand a little bit more uh, who you are and whose we are and be changed and transformed by your love. We pray this in your name. Everybody gathered said, amen. amen. Well, this month we begin a new series based on the book of Philippians in the New Testament. It's a book, actually the Apostle Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament, not the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but a lot of the New Testament. And we're going to focus on uh, this book called Philippians. You see, there was a church that Paul started in the city of Philippi, and he wrote them a letter to let him know uh, what his situation was, and it was also a letter of encouragement to this church that was growing up over time, kind of like us, you know, a church start as it was growing. Now, the important thing that Paul spends some time on is reporting on his situation and encouraging the Philippians to stand firm in their faith because they were experiencing persecution for being Christian. Joy is the theme. It's the overriding theme in the book of Philippians. Say joy. joy. Yeah. That's that didn't sound very joyful. It's like joy. Say joy. joy. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Joy is the overriding theme, and so each week this month, we're going to take one chapter in Philippians. This week, it's chapter one, and look at the aspect of joy that Paul talks about. So the overriding theme is joy. So what is joy anyway? The Life Application Bible, in its introduction to this book of Philippians, discusses joy and compares it to a word which is often misused as a synonym of joy, that word happiness. And it points out that happiness evokes visions of unwrapping gifts on Christmas morning and strolling hand in hand with the one you love, a birthday surprise party, uh, laughing at a comedian, uh, vacationing in some exotic locale. That sounds good, doesn't they it? They all sound yeah. good, and that's, that's why we spend time, money, and energy pursuing this elusive, key word there, elusive ideal of happiness. The challenge is... Happiness depends on circumstances. So what happens when the toys rust? What happens when the loved ones are, are either no longer with us or no longer love us? What happens when our health deteriorates, our money is lost or stolen, 
What happens when the party comes to an end? See, happiness is a fleeting emotion, unstable at best, not always there for the long run. Well, on the other hand, we have joy. Say joy. joy. Yeah, we have joy, and it's deeper, and it's stronger, and it's less elusive <laughs> than happiness because it depends not on our circumstances, but instead on the quiet assurance of God's unconditional love and ongoing presence in our lives. That never changes, ever. Joy is not subject to the day-to-day fluctuations of what's going on, this and that, the ongoing fluctuation of feelings, of relationships, of situation. The Life Application Bible points out that happiness depends on what? Happenings. Happiness depends on happenings. Joy depends on Jesus Christ. It's his joy that allows someone to be at peace in the midst of loss, in the midst of pain, in the midst of suffering and circumstance. And while we may not be happy about any of that, we can still, as followers of Christ, as Christians, we can still experience joy knowing that beyond a shadow of a doubt, that God is in control. And then the eternity with him beats everything. It beats anything that we have here on this earth. And so today we're looking at chapter one of Philippians. And our focus here is joy and suffering. Now that seems kind of an oxymoron, doesn't it? Two opposites put together, joy and suffering. How in the world can we find joy in the midst of pain, distress, injury, or harm? Well, that's what chapter one deals with. So chapter one begins with Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, to all God's holy people in in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. Remember, he's talking to a church. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I love this line. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with what? Joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And so the tone of this letter gives us insight into Paul's great love and respect for the Christ followers in Philippi. He thanks God every time he thinks of them. He prays prayers of joy for them. He knows their continued love for Jesus Christ has no bounds. And then Paul goes on, after giving thanks and encouragement, he goes on to talk about his situation. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Mm -hmm. 
So long story short here, Paul has been arrested for his Christ-centered activities, and he's confined house arrest in Rome. Now, what's not Paul's first imprisonment? When we look in the book of Acts, chapter, I think it's 16, we find where he was arrested and beaten and imprisoned with Cyrus, or Silas, a traveling companion of his, um, years earlier, while, while they were sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and here's what happened when they were beaten and then imprisoned. They just sitting around moaning and groaning about what a tough situation they were in. They were singing hymns at midnight in their prison cell. In the midst of that, the Lord brought an earthquake that tore the prison apart, threw open the doors, and offered them freedom. The jailer, thinking that they had escaped, was ready to take his own life because he knew his life was going to be taken anyway if they had, in fact, escaped. But instead, Paul and Silas said, no, we're here, and witnessed to this jailer about Jesus Christ. The jailer took them to his house. He washed their wounds, and immediately, it says in Scripture, immediately he and his entire household were baptized. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Um, instead of sitting there suffering and moaning and groaning in prison, Paul praised God and as a result was able to witness to someone about Christ and help them realize new life, new life in Jesus. And so the challenge for us is this. Are we able to find joy in the midst? Is that siren? Yeah. Let's pray with siren. Most holy God, I... Uh, just lift up by the situation that that siren they're responding to. I, I pray for those responding. I pray for whatever the situation is and the people involved. We pray for safety, and we pray for, uh, for your protective hand. It's in Christ and your Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. Amen. And so here's our challenge. Are we able to find joy in the midst of our challenges in life? Are we able to be a witness to Jesus in the midst of our pain, our suffering, our imprisonment, whatever that might look like? Are we able to realize peace and joy in our lives in spite of what is going on around us? Over and over and over again, we read in Scripture of how Paul suffered for the gospel, for how he paid a very high price to be a follower of Jesus, from imprisonment to shipwreck to being beaten to abuse of various kinds. And yet, rather than succumbing to this suffering, Paul used it as a tool to share Jesus' love, to speak about new life in Christ to those around him. He took advantage of every moment he had. And that's exactly what he did when that uh, verse that I just read, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me actually served to advance the gospel. So he has recognition that his circumstance could help share Christ with those around him. He did it with the Roman soldiers and the citizens around. He used his house arrest to, as an opportunity, instead of sulking, to write a letter of encouragement to this new church who felt under attack themselves. And um, that is the church at where? Philippi. We're studying what, what book of the Bible? Philippians. That's right. Very good. And so then Paul continues in his letter 
saying that he will continue to rejoice, for he knows that through the prayers of the people he is writing to and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to him will be his deliverance. He expects and hopes that whatever happens to him, Jesus will always be with him, be it in life or in eternity and death. Verse 21, say it with me. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. <laughs> so living, <laughs> living is to be with Jesus and dying is even better. You know, living or dying purpose is to advance the cause of Jesus Christ and to live with Christ through eternity. He finishes chapter one of this letter by saying this, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a worthy manner of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you were going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. So Paul suffered for Jesus, and he found joy in that suffering. Didn't say happiness, I said joy deep-seated joy, the, the state of being that depends not on our situation, not on our circumstance, but instead on the quiet, confident assurance of God's unconditional love and ongoing presence in our lives, even in the midst of suffering. So that happened in Paul's day, but it happens in our day. It happens today as well in places where being a Christian is not only dangerous, but it is deadly. Places where Christ followers are very much in the minority and therefore a target. It is just heartbreaking to turn on the news and watch children be martyred for their faith by ISIS and to be a parent and have to watch that I, I can't, we can't even go there, can we? And it is so painful. And yet, that is happening. We want to we wanna do this, but that is indeed happening. There are other places all around the world. We have a friend. Our church has a friend. His name is Pastor Koshi. He lives in New Delhi. This is Koshi, his wife, Joycey, their sons, George and... Alan, that's you know, right. I think he got his hair colored to match mine. Yeah. It's a lot lighter than it used to be. He has a little bit of an ornery look, though. That is my... No, I'm talking life. about Koshi. Oh, Koshi. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe he has an ornery look, too. I don't know. Well, you know, they are surrounded in an area um, that is mostly Hindu, and they worship over 300 million gods. When we were there, I was there with Steve Faulkner, and we were walking along the street, and I remember seeing uh, a bowl of milk that were, was there for the rats to drink because the rats were gods while their children were starving for milk. That's how horrible and messed up it is 
and there and other places of the world and even here, even here. The government is against Koshi, the people are against Koshi, and yet he continues to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we would say that he is suffering every moment for the gospel, and he would say that he considers it joy because proclaiming his love for Jesus Christ and his family proclaiming their love for Jesus Christ is their mission to anyone who will listen. And so what about us, you and me? Uh, are we suffering, really suffering? Uh, probably not so much in the sense that Paul did or, or that Koshi and others around the world are suffering. Because generally speaking, our lives are not in mortal danger. Religious imprisonment is not the immediate future for most of us. But things are certainly different here than they were 15, 20, 30 years ago. It seems that more and more Christians here are being persecuted in a variety of ways. And so we've got to constantly be on guard because we have become a target for those who are looking for reasons to attack the church, those who want to justify turning away from traditional values, those who want to point a finger and say, see, you Christians are, are just a bunch of hypocrites. We must constantly be on guard because the reality is, unfortunately, all too often, the church doesn't look a whole lot different than the rest of our culture, the rest of our society unfortunately, all too often. And when people see that, then they attack. See? You're no different than we are, and we suffer. We may not suffer as the Apostle Paul or Koshi uh, suffered, but we do as Christians at times suffer for matters of faith, for the gospel. Um, over the years, I've been made fun of. I've been ridiculed in different places where I've worked, uh, mocked for my belief in Christ, for doing things different, for not saying things that are not joining in. And the painful part of all this is even some members of my family um, have been kind of hard, especially when I went into ministry. It wasn't my idea. I didn't choose this. Was I going to be a bad mother if I went into ministry and served God? I, I don't know what they thought, but I surely did experience some tough stuff, even by those who I was closest to. It's really hard when you take a stand and you stick to it because you know that you just have to be obedient to God. And I'm not alone in this. Many of you have and will continue to take a stand for what you believe in, in the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. You know, in the workplace and in the school place, you may suffer for your faith. Back in September, see you at the poll, the, it's an idea where uh, students gather uh, with other Christians at the flag pool at their school and they pray. And, and Sometimes they're joined with by teachers and administrators even. And, you know, it's one thing if there's 34. I've seen some schools in our district, 30, 40, 50 people out there at the poll. Wow. 
Um, how about the other side? I, I know of a young lady here, here at CCC, who was the only kid at the flagpole at her school that day. The only one out there. That takes some guts. What grade? Sixth grade? Sixth grade. Sixth grade? Sarah. Sarah, stand up so everybody can see you. Yeah, sixth grade can be tough, <laughs> especially if you're the one doing something totally different from everybody else, right? Good job. We're so proud of you. I'm sure there was funny looks and there she was holding firm for Jesus. Amen. 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 You know, Paul was able to find joy in the midst of suffering because he loved Jesus and he knew Jesus loved him and those around him, even if he was being attacked. And even those who would make him suffer, he prayed for them, he, he sang hymns. When he was able to escape from prison, instead of escaping, he prayed for the guy. And the, he was saved. He offered Christ in the midst of his circumstance. And that's what we're called to do as well as Christians. Our friend Koshi is able to find joy in the midst of danger, in the midst of suffering, because he loves Jesus and he loves the people around him, especially those who believe very differently than he does, especially those who would like to see him suffer. Koshi will take every chance he can get to offer them Jesus Christ. So perhaps you are suffering, or maybe have suffered, and if you're drawing a line in the sand about Jesus Christ, you will suffer for the gospel. Certainly not with our, you know, our lives per se, but maybe reputation or being made fun of or this or that. You know, there are slings and arrows that come. And people just wonder why in the world would you follow Jesus Christ? Why would you do that? Perhaps you're suffering by being ostracized at work when you don't participate in some of the stuff, or ostracized at school when you don't go along with the norm in college or high school. I just can't imagine being in high school these days with the pressures, or middle school, or how about um, you know, being pressured into premarital sex, which the Bible stands against, or being pressured into doing things that we know aren't right, but, oh, we just desire to go along with the flow, but no, I'm going to stand for biblical truth and what Jesus wants. So we're in this together, Connection Church, to stand firm, to be obedient, and to remember that people all through the ages have suffered for Christ, and that this suffering here really is temporary, and a life with Jesus that we can look forward to is for eternity. So it is worth it. It is absolutely worth it. So let's have joy in our suffering connection, church, and proclaim the gospel. Use it as a tool to share Jesus, be Jesus with skin on. That's the good news for today. Let's believe it, 
and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, it's, it's really hard. It's so hard, but I know that it's your strength, not our strength. And as we sang, you love us. You love us so much. Thank you for that. Thank you for the ultimate price that you paid for suffering on the cross for us, for willingly doing that for us so that we would have your hope in our day-to-day and be able to experience your joy in the midst of circumstance. We thank you today and all days. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at connectioncc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash connectioncc. You can also contact our church office at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.